Hey, my name is Phil and this is my wife Meredith and we are the pastors here at Cornerstone Church. We're so glad that you have connected with us here today and that you're getting ready to listen to a message that we know is going to build a resilient faith in your life. Right now in this moment and in our days ahead, let's continue declaring Jesus over every situation. Enjoy the message. The book of Daniel chapter 10. This is where we actually get the 21 days concept theory from. This is where we take what Daniel did in prayer and in fasting for 21 days and we replicate that in our own life. There are two times recorded where Daniel goes to fasting, to prayer and to fasting to seek God. The first is right at the beginning and it's probably one that you've heard of. It's the time where Daniel and his friends Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego go and they refuse to eat all of the fine foods from the king's table and they say instead, let us eat fruits and vegetables and don't let anything delicious touch our lips and then test us that's my translation you can read it in your own time later and then they say test us after that and see if we're not as good as all of the others and not only were they as good as all of the other men but they were even better said that they were recounted as the best and then this is later in the book of Daniel in Daniel chapter 10 And what is happening here is that Daniel has just heard something, has seen a vision that is grieving his heart, that turns him to mourning, and that he doesn't feel like he has an answer for. He's asking God, what do I do with this? What am I supposed to do with this thing that you just spoke to me, with this thing that I'm seeing? And so Daniel goes back to something that worked for him before, and he goes back to the place of fasting and of prayer. And once again, he says, let no fine foods touch my lips. And this time he did it for three weeks. And I promise you, I'm not gonna preach too hard too early, but I think that for some of us, that's a whole message in itself, that it's time to go back to what worked for you before. That Daniel found himself in a place. I know we talk a lot about going forward, and I know we talk a lot about taking the next mountain, and I know we talk a lot about God's new thing that he's doing, and he is always doing new things. But there are things that have proved themselves for you before that it's time to go back to. And when, David, when Daniel found himself in a place where he wasn't sure what to do or where to go or the answer and he found himself overwhelmed with grief and he found himself overwhelmed with uncertainty, he went back to something that had already proven itself in his life. And he went back to the place of prayer and of fasting. When was the last time you went back to something something that you know works for you. It's time for some of us to go back to the place of serving others. It's time for some of us to go back to the place of giving of ourselves. It's time for some of us to go back to the place of giving financially. It's time for some of us to go back to the place to being committed to the corporate gathering. It's time for some of us to go back to the place of sitting down for a family dinner. It's time for some of us to go back back to the place of letting encouragement come out of our mouths. It's time for some of us. When was the last time that you felt that feeling? When was the last time that you heard from God? When was the last time that you knew you were in his presence? When was the last time that you knew you were walking in his paths of righteousness? I was talking one time to a friend who's a counselor 
And she was telling me, obviously not details, but she said years ago I was counseling someone and they were explaining to me how they were tormented and they were feeling depressed and all of these things were going on in their life. And so I just said to them, well, when, when was the last time you felt peace in your life? And they started thinking back and they described to her a time and then they realized it was a time before they had gotten involved in a particular relationship and in a particular pattern in their life. They said, the last time I felt that peace was when I was there. That was the last time. When was the last time you felt the feeling you're longing for? When was the last time that you felt his peace? When was the last time that you felt his joy? When was the last time that you felt his freedom? When was the last time you felt connected to something bigger than yourself? Daniel went back to the last time and he found himself again in the place of prayer and of fasting. You can read about it in Daniel chapter 10. We're gonna jump to 10, I think starting in verse 10 is where we're gonna start, yeah. And it says, and behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and my knees. This is an angel has just appeared to Daniel and it says, and he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly loved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. Stand upright right stand with your feet planted stand with your shoulders back stand with your head straight up stand with confidence and assuredness that you are in the place that God has called you to be stand with confidence and assuredness that you are walking in his plans and in his purpose for somebody 2023 is your year to stand up right it's your year to lay down uncertainty. It's your year to lay down the wishy-washy that throws you back and forth and to stand up right. For now I have been sent to you. And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood up trembling. And then he said to me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself. It means from the first day that you set your heart to prayer and humbled yourself is often used in parallel with fasting in scripture. As you've started off in prayer and in fasting from the, from the what day? From the first day that you humbled yourself before God, your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. Then he said to me, oh, sorry, <laughs> the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, but Michael, one of the other chief princes, came to help me, for I was left with the kings of Persia. And he came to make you understand what it is to happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision is for days that are yet to come. What is the angel saying to Daniel here? The angel is saying to Daniel that you have been praying and fasting for three weeks, but on the very first day that you set your heart to it, that you set your intention to it, that you humbled yourself before God from the very first day, the answer that you were seeking was released. As we step into this third week, I wanna encourage you not to lean back and not to step back, but to lean in even further because there is the temptation to say, 
say, I haven't seen all that I was hoping for yet. Maybe this isn't working. Maybe God isn't hearing me. Maybe it's not coming forth. But what the angel said to Daniel is it came forth on the very first day. But I have been battling in the heavenly realms trying to get this thing all the way to you. Daniel, you pressed in anyway. Daniel, you kept seeking the face of God. You leaned in until the point where the answer came through. He leaned in all the, don't lean out on the third week when your answer is almost on the way. He said, it was your prayers and it was your fasting. It was your humbling of yourself to say, God, this is bigger than me and I need you in this moment and I need you to speak to me, God. God, this is grander than who I am. Let me lower myself to admit that I need of you, God. And he began to push into that place of prayer and of fasting. Are there any people who as they step into their third week are ready to push into the place of prayer and of fasting and say, I haven't seen everything that God has for me yet. I haven't heard everything that I know that he can speak to me yet. And he pushed into the place of prayer and of fasting. I wonder how often we bail before the answer comes. I wonder how often we step out just before the answer is released. But Daniel kept pressing in to the place of prayer and of fasting. Do you have the tenacity to go after everything that belongs to you? Do you have the fervency, the persistence? Do you have what it takes to say, God, I want everything that belongs to me. God, I don't just want to live in a mediocre life of mediocre Christianity where I kind of show up on Sundays. I want you 168 hours of my week. I want you every place that I go. I want you in my workplace and I want you in my family and I want you in my finances and I want you in my study and and I want you in my soul and I want you in my mind and I want you in all that I am God God will you lean in are there a people with enough persistence with enough tenacity with enough audacity to say God you said that it belongs to us and so we want to go after everything that belongs to us a couple years ago Tracy ordered some stuff Tracy our wonderful Connections director who helps you get involved and get your next step so fabulously and she ordered some stuff for our wonderful volunteers to make sure that they could have a great celebration and be celebrated and it was a couple years ago and I don't know that they might have like mined these items from mercury because they ended up taking like seven months to get here it took ages for her packages to finally arrive and they were sending them absolutely everywhere and it turned into like an ongoing joke in the office and it turned into Tracy's biggest frustration potentially of the year and every morning we would get updates on where the packages were and she would be like I was checking on tracking my packages and one of them has been sent to California and the other one has been sent to Arizona I don't know why they're sending them in separate directions I'm working on it and then the next morning she'd be like the packages are back together they're working on getting them to us I'm like great Tracy and the next morning she'd be like they're in Boise now my packages are now in Boise You're like what are they doing and then she'd be like they sent them from Boise to Jacksonville why are they sending them to Jacksonville it's the wrong way you guys and finally she was like they're in town 
My packages are in town, guys. This is after months and months, but we still could not get them from the shipping distribution location all the way to this building. And I kid you not, she was legitimately trying to talk the people in to letting her just come and dig through the trucks to get her own packages off of the truck. And she almost convinced them she's very persuasive. After months and months of tracking these packages, they finally arrived and were distributed to our volunteers. But why was she so persistent in tracking her packages? Because they belonged to her. They were hers. Did she have them already? No. Could she see them already? No. Could she touch them already? No. But were they hers? From the day that she pressed confirm purchase, that package belonged to her. And because it was hers, when it wasn't in the location that it was meant to be in, she was not going to give up and not going to let go until it fully arrived to its place of delivery. There are things that belong to you. They are yours from the day that you said, God, will you send it to me? God, will you intervene? From the day that you turned your heart and humbled yourself to lean into the things of God and to go and to seek his face. From that day, they were released to you and they belong to you, but they haven't arrived yet. Be persistent in our prayers. Go after them. Don't give up on it. Have tenacity and have fervency until you see something delivered to you. I want everything that belongs to me. I want everything that God has in store for me. I don't want to miss out on anything that he is trying to get delivered and accessed into my life. There's this thing in psychology that a connection and a bond happens when we ask someone else of something that we need. When we go to someone and we say, hey, I need help with, can you help me with that? It's weird because often we think that that's going to make people like us less, that they're going to feel disconnected from us or we're going to be an inconvenience to them so we don't want to inconvenience somebody in that way. But in reality, what happens is that because we have said, hey, we need something, it has opened ourselves up to this other person. And when they're able to respond and to fill that need for us, it creates a connection and it creates a bond between those two people because now you have a shared experience Experience. Now you have a shared moment of realizing your humanity and your need for something in your life. You can look it up. It's called the Franklin Effect, and it comes from uh, a philosophy of Benjamin Franklin that's been studied out over the years. It's a fascinating thing, and what's most interesting about it is the way that we've seen the decline in asking our neighbors for things that we need over the last several decades. Now I don't ask you, If I need a ride somewhere, I just jump on an app and do that instead. 
Now if I run out of an egg, I don't go to my neighbor and say, hey, can I get an egg? I just jump on an app and have, me, have them send me that instead. And we've lost the connection that happens between people, and that is not the message that Jesus came to share. Jesus came to share a message of extreme interconnectedness in a community that was dependent on each other. But even more than being dependent on each other, they were dramatically dependent on him. And I'm concerned that we have taken our stark independence not only into our neighborhoods and into our personal relationships, but we've also taken it into our relationship with God. And now instead of going to him and saying, God, this is what I need. This is where the gaps are in my life. This is where the hurting is in my life. This is where things are coming up short in my life. God, I need you in there. We bring our independence to God. And we say things that we think sound really good and really spiritual. Like, I'm fine. I don't need that. He already knows what I need. So apparently this is what he wants to give me. I'm going to be content in what I have. And that's a real good one that rides that line because you should be content in what you have, but he also says we should ask him for everything that we need. What? Let's look at what Jesus said. When Jesus was giving his sermon on the mount, one of his most famous messages that he delivered, in the book of Matthew, we record it. In Matthew, it's recorded in Matthew 7, starting in verse 7. Jesus says instead, Ask. What's that first word? Ask. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you? He goes on. He's going to make his point. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone instead? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask for them? What have you asked God for? for lately what have you asked him for because we take on this pious position like i don't need anything from god it's enough that he woke me up today and like i don't want to ask anything from him and like he already knows all of the needs that i have but perhaps he needs you to know that you need something from him and he wants you to come to him and he wants you to ask he wants you to communicate the places where you are longing in your life he wants you to identify the places in your life that have not measured up to your hopes and your dreams and your expectations he wants you to take an assessment of all that is there and say what's missing from this equation and come to him and seek the face of God and ask him of all of these things when was the last time you went into the presence of God and you asked him for something that you 
need. He's longing for people who will come to him and will ask him. He's longing for people that will come to him with consistency and will ask him about it. I think we see two things in this scripture. One, it's persistence. It says, ask, seek, knock. It's active persistence. Coming time and time again. There's another time where Jesus uses this imagery of knocking at the door as us going to God in prayer or seeking of God. And he tells this story about what if a friend came to your house in the middle of the night and they knocked on the door, and I'm paraphrasing, and you tried to ignore it because it was the middle of the night, but they kept on knocking and they kept on knocking and they kept on knocking and they wouldn't let it go. And so because of their persistence, you got up and you answered it. And he says, you too should be persistent. Go before God. What have you asked him for that you've given up on? Go again. Ask him. Seek him. Knock at that door. Ask him. Seek him. Knock at that door. Ask him. Seek him. Knock at that door until the thing is delivered to you until you see the fulfillment of the plans and promises of God in your life until you see everything that he has spoken to you arrived on your front porch until you are living with the family that is happy healthy and whole in the way that you know he designed and created it to be until all of your children are celebrating the presence of God and living in his glorious favor keep asking keep seeking keep knocking until you're not worried about your bills anymore keep asking keep seeking keep knocking until you're sitting in the position that you know that he has for you keep asking keep seeking keep knocking until you're walking down the aisle with that spouse that he has for you keep asking keep seeking keep knocking until you're holding the baby that you've been longing for keep asking keep seeking keep knocking until the heaviness lifts from your soul keep asking keep seeking keep knocking there has to be a Consistency that says, I know what God has for me, and I won't give up until I see all that He has planned for me. I will be persistent in my prayer. I will be persistent in seeking His provision in my life. I will be persistent in the fact that I know that I don't have all that I need, but I know that He has all that I need. Be persistent in seeking Him and then be expectant. Be expectant. He tells this story about a kid coming to their father and asking for bread and asking for fish. And he says, you wouldn't give your kid something like a snake or like a rock instead. You would give them good gifts. The when a child comes to their parent saying, I'm hungry, their expectation is that food is coming in return. Their expectation, the reason they came to you, the reason that they made the request is because they are expectant that you are the source that can provide for what they need. When you go to God in prayer, don't go with empty prayers like, well, that was just a good practice of releasing the negative energy that was in my life. No, you are going to the God of all gods. You are going to the king of all kings who is the provider, the lifter of your head, the source of all 
all of your strength. You are not going in empty words. You are going with expectation that God, when I come to you and I say what I need and God, when I come to you and I pour out my heart that you are the God, you should go and read Psalm 50. Psalm 50 goes through all of these things and essentially what God is saying is do you think I need your sacrifices? Do you think I need the bulls that you're bringing? Do you think I need the goats that you're bringing? And then he reminds them, he says, I own the cattle on all of the hills. I know all of the birds of the sky. I made it all. I am the source of it all. This isn't because I need it. This is because you need it. This is because you need to come and to confess to me your needs. This is because you need to remember that I am the source. And then he finishes it and he says, but when you ask, I will deliver when you come to me and ask for it it will become yours this is about you finding your dependency in God and going to him and asking of everything that we need ask of him we've gone through the Lord's prayer every morning together and we've been somewhat working through it over the last few weeks. We started out, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, talking about when we pray, we come into the presence of God and that we wanna be people who are people of his presence, that everywhere that we go, we want to dwell in his presence and we want to experience his presence and we want to be carriers of his presence. And then we said, your kingdom come, your will be done, talking about the fact that our purpose ultimately is found in his purpose, that his purpose is for his kingdom to come. And Phil talked to us about the fact that God has purpose for each and every one of us, but our purpose isn't necessarily our job, but God walks us into many purposes throughout our life and our purpose. And then the whole second next part is about God providing. It's about us asking God and him providing in our lives. It says, give us this day our daily bread. These are our physical needs. I have physical need for bread in my life. Who's needing some bread right now? Bless the Lord. Theo's doing good with his toast. I have physical needs in my life. And he says, come to me and your physical needs will be met. And then it says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. These are our spiritual needs in our life. That I have a spiritual need for God, for you to forgive my debts, for you to forgive my transgressions, for you to forgive the ways that I have stepped outside of your purpose for my life, for the ways and the times that I have lived outside of the way that you designed me and created me for. And in the same way, God, that I accept your forgiveness, my spirit has to release that forgiveness all out to others. My spirit needs you, God. And then it says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This talks about our soul. Our soul is the part of us that gets twisted and turned and our desires get pulled in all kinds of different directions, trying to go after things that are outside of God. In our soul is where our mind gets lost and confused and overwhelms us and doubt and worry and concern and anxiety start to overwhelm us. And he says, if it's in your physical life, 
Come to me. Ask of me. I will provide for you. If it's in your spirit, come to me. Ask of me. I will provide for you. If it's in your soul and you feel heavy and burdened and you can't think of the last time that joy bubbled up on the inside of you, come to me and ask of me and I will answer you. God cares about the whole person of who you are. He didn't come just to provide for a sliver of your life. He didn't come just to give you one thing and then leave you with the rest of the mess of your life. He came to get involved in every single aspect of your life. He said whether it's this physical world that you're living in or your spirit that you're dealing with or if it's in your soul that you're walking in it, I have all that you need. Before we leave today, we're gonna pray in these different areas. We're gonna seek God to show up in your life, in our physical world, which is things like our healing for our bodies, in our physical world, which is things like our finances and our workplace and our resources, in our physical life, which is things like our relationships and our safety and our security. God, would you keep me safe when I drive down the road? God, would you look after my children as they go off to college in our physical spaces? God, we need enough food on our tables and we need enough income to make the end of the month make sense and to plan for the future and to be a blessing to others. God, we need you it takes us humbling there's a reason that fasting and humbling are so connected because it takes us humbling and admitting God I need you and in our spirit there's gonna be a moment for those who for the first time need to say God I need you in my life I want to become a follower of Jesus and there's gonna be a moment for those who say I need to release some forgiveness I'm holding on to things that aren't for me and I'm holding on to things that are creating bitterness and angst in my life. And we say in our soul, God, keep me from temptation. God, keep me from these places that draw me. Keep me from the places of addiction and keep me from the places of lust and keep me from the places of depression and of self-harm. God, keep me far from anxiety. God, keep me in my soul. I need you, God.